welcome to the Dairobi Health Show, covering the world of fitness, nutrition, and supplementation with world-class guests, the latest clinical research, and plenty of tips you can use right away to boost your health and wellness. Here's your host, Dave Sherwin. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today's somewhat inflammatory title, Homeopathic or Homeopathetic, a frank discussion about homeopathy might not please anybody, but we're just going to discuss <laughs> homeopathy. <laughs> and, and I realize some people just love it and some people are completely against it. And I decided to have someone who is an expert in this field onto the podcast who I believe has a foot in both camps and is able to take as objective a view of this as anybody else. Uh, Dr. Joe Capoe, uh, has a uh, undergraduate degree in exercise science and an excellent understanding of the human body from that. He then went on to get his um, uh, a degree in chiropractic. He's a doctor of chiropractic. Uh, but he's also received numerous certifications. And he helps people not only in chiropractic biophysics, but he has advanced certifications in NAET or uh, new number dry pad allergy elimination technique. Uh, you can correct me, Dr. Joe, here in a minute. <laughs> as well as other specialized treatment processes, including EVOX or perception reframing, the emotion code, the body code, energetic medicine, and zyto biocommunication. So he is uh, not only very interested in the mechanical workings of the human body, but in the energetic side as well and has expertise in homeopathic remedies. So, Dr. Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. And that, that name there, it was Nambrujapath. <laughs> well, you said it so yes. effortlessly. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> it's almost unpronounceable for me, but uh, thank you for clarifying that. And full disclosure to everybody, Dr. Joe has, has been a personal friend of mine and has helped me with multiple... Uh, injuries and and uh, uh, probably probably for the last what five years, Doctor Joe, four or five years anyway. Yeah, it's it's coming up on six now. Coming up on six years, and so um, you know he, uh, he was recommended to me by my sister who lives in North Bend, Washington, and um, she was shocked that I'd never heard of him because he's he's known around the country. He treats people. Uh, remotely and uh, does a lot of advising over the phone and works with people all over the country and and has fame outside of uh, his offices here in Utah, uh, but has helped me even with some things that were were claimed to be untreatable. I developed chondromalacia in my knee, which is uh, wear in the cartilage under the kneecap that by most accounts just doesn't grow back. It's called theater knee. If you know about it or have it uh, or heard about it, it's a terrible condition because um, it, it's symptomatic when you're not doing anything. They nicknamed it theater knee because when you're sitting in a theater doing nothing, it'll suddenly just get extremely painful. Airplane rides, long car rides are just torture. And uh, I used to have to get seats on the left-hand side of theaters so I could hold my knee stra uh, straight and then sometimes kind of move my leg back and forth when the pain started setting in and eventually um, get up because I couldn't make it all the way through a movie. And so uh, I started going to Dr. Joe for that knee problem. And sure enough, I am now symptom-free from something that you're not supposed to ever get symptom-free from. So Dr. Joe has, has helped me and my family uh, with that issue and... 
others like it. And so one thing I've come to appreciate about Dr. Joe, though, is I, I'm pretty scientific and I, I love studies and I love research and I, I love things where they can take a group of 50 people and do this on them and 50 other people that uh, take a placebo and then find out how things really work. Uh, and, and yet I do have an understanding that there's things we don't understand. There are natural healing methods Dr. Joe kind of has that, like I said, the foot in both camps. And so when we started talking about homeopathy recently, I said, you've got to share what we're talking about right now on my podcast. So kind of a long introduction, but I feel like it was important to get to, to lay a, a groundwork for who Dr. Joe is and um, his, his, his education and experience. And so Dr. Joe, you have an interesting take on homeopathy because you're not a zealot uh, about it, like some people in my experience are, you seem to take a, a pick and choose from what works in homeopathy, and then you have an aversion to some other aspects of homeopathy. Yeah. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would say so, because like you said, my, my background is exercise science, so I have a huge scientific logical mind. And so it's it's kind of even funny that I even ever got into homeopathic because I thought that was all kind of like woo-woo science, you know, the pseudoscience. And it, if if it wouldn't have been that my, my wife and I actually had a struggle getting pregnant. And it, we tried a whole bunch of different things for about five years and nothing was working. And it wasn't until we got into things like homeopathics, energetic medicine, that she actually got pregnant. And so that kind of threw my scientific mind out the window, and I thought, hey, there's something to this energetic medicine, home, with homeopathics being one of those. But I, but I found that in the last 10 years in practice, that I, as steeped as I've gotten into homeopathics and energy medicine in my practice, I have found there's a lot of good stuff out there, and there's a lot of bad stuff out there. And so that's been that's been the the advantage of having a scientific mind is that it's allowed me to be able to see past some of the stuff that it's like you know this really doesn't work, and then also be open enough to be able to find those things that really do work in practice. Okay, so let's start with the very basics. Could you give us a definition? What exactly is a homeopathic remedy? So a homeopathic remedy in the simplest term, is basically a remedy that uh, it, they're usually made up of like some sort of water, uh, and then there's they, they talk about the memory of water. So homeopathic basically has the memory of a particular remedy in it. Back in, it was back in the late 1700s when uh, Dr. Hahnemann, he actually started to find out through testing different patients, through different types of remedies that were used back then, like herbal remedies and so forth, he, able, he was able to find out that if he took these different remedies, like a, 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 the first one that he used was a particular bark from a tree, and he found that as he started to dilute the amount of the remedy that he was using for certain patients, that he could get that remedy diluted to the point where there basically wasn't anything of that physical substance left inside the, the water that he was giving to his patients, and yet his patients were still responding as if they were taking the actual herb. And so he, he came up with the idea that maybe the, the spirit of the substance was left inside the water, when now we know it actually that water can hold memory, 
And so a homeopathic is actually the memory of a particular solution, and then that solution can actually help someone um, have a therapeutic uh, response through taking that, that particular substance, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but why dilute it? Why not just give them the bark if that uh, has a, a, a remedy, you know, the properties? Was it to save money or what, what is the purpose of the uh, continual dilution? Well, the, he found that the, there was a twofold thing with the dilution. One is that as you diluted it, it actually became a more potent uh, remedy for the patient. And at the same time, not give them some of the side effects of creating a more potent dilution so if you or, or solution. So if you took that particular bark that he was using, and if you were to give the patient a large amount of it, then that would actually be harmful to their body because of some of the different side effects that would come from having that particular uh, remedy given to them. So, but he found that if you backed off, they wouldn't get a response. But then as he created that dilution process of where you made the substance even uh, less, than they were given them, but they actually created a potentized dilution is what they call it. It potentized the healing effect of the remedy, but the side effect part of the remedy was gone. So that's, that's where the cool thing comes with homeopathics is that you can actually have a stronger substance or a stronger response to something without having the side effects to that substance. It reminds me and, and and if this is just off base, just just uh, say so. But a vaccine, the concept behind a vaccine is to give a very, very tiny little dose of something that would normally be harmful and then let the body's um, immune system go to work and eradicate that tiny little amount. And in eradicating the tiny little amount, the body develops the antibodies to do it again in the future. So it's putting a tiny little bit of stuff in the body to create that effect. Is homeopathy that way or is that different? No, that's, that's actually a, a lot of where um, vaccine came from was it came from a basis of homeopathics. So they, they figured that if you could get the patient the minimum dose and get a maximum response, then you didn't have to give them a whole bunch of a certain substance and, you know, and uh, essentially get some of those side effects possibility. And so that's where vaccines actually came from. Uh, okay. Originally it was from homeopathic medicine, but, it, it, but it's been changed throughout the years because of science and, and other things. And the very thing that you're, you're suggesting makes it so powerful is actually the thing that critics, um, or, or one of the, the complaints that critics have against it, they basically say, well, it doesn't really have anything in it. If you tested it, you wouldn't find that substance. And so it seems like it's very, pow you know, the, the thing that makes it good is also the thing that makes it highly criticized. So um, I, I guess that the person who says, well, what's in it and how much, just doesn't understand the premise, or do they have a point? Uh, because what, what's to keep I, a, a supplement company from just making water and selling it and saying it will do something? Um, how, how, could you, how could you tell? Exactly. And that, that's where I have, kind of like you said, both, both feet in both camps, where I have seen some homeopathic medicines where people have brought it out, and they said, oh, this is the next best thing, and it has this and this and this inside of it. 
and then come to find out they really actually didn't take it through the homeopathic process because there really is an actual process you take stuff through to create that potentized um, remedy. And I've tried some of the stuff, and it did nothing. And come to find out these people weren't doing anything other than just bottling up water and then putting on that they had put the stuff inside their uh, homeopathic. Whereas a real homeopathic, there's there's several homeopathic companies that I work with exclusively because I've seen their process that they take their stuff through. I've talked to their head people, and I know they're actually taking their their remedies through the homeopathic process. And I've seen some really powerful results with my own patients using their stuff. And so I, you know, I'm in that place where you can't really measure what's inside the homeopathic. We haven't developed any technology to do that yet so really at the end of the day the only way you can measure if that person's homeopathic is really working is when you actually apply it in a clinical setting and see some results happen with that patient okay and uh can you give us an example then let's let's take two examples let's start with a a unsuccessful example can you give us us an example of of something you've seen in the homeopathic arena that's turned out to uh, be a farce or, or just, it just doesn't work. Uh, do you have an example of that? Yeah. The, the most common example that I see are people that run their own clinics and they have, they have all of the stuff to create a homeopathic, but they don't take it through the actual homeopathic uh, potentizing process, which I guess we can go over a little bit if we wanted to, but and I've seen that in practices where basically they say, well, I as long as the patient thinks that this is going to work for them, then it's going to help them. And so they're trying to use that whole placebo effect with their patients. And, and then I find that it just, it just doesn't work. And so that's, that's where I commonly see it is when in like a, a small clinical setting where they really don't have the knowledge of how to create a homeopathic properly or what a homeopathic really constitutes. And then on the other end though, like I said, there's there are several companies that I work with. The two big companies that I work with is Desbio or Desert Biologicals. They're a local company here in Utah. And then the other company I use exclusively is uh, Physica Energetics, and they're a company up in Oregon. And they they take their stuff through some rigorous um, processes to make sure everything's clean, but then they also take their remedies through a very specific process to be able to create what's called a potentized solution. And uh, the potentized solution is actually when they charge up the, they charge up the substance they're, they're using as a, a carrier. You know, some people use uh, distilled water and some alcohol. I've had some people that use strictly some different types of, um, not, not, a, not, not an alcohol, but like an ethyl alcohol type of mixture. And they take it through this dilution and potentizing process and and you can see some really neat results when patients take those actual potentized um, dilutions. I hope that made sense. It does make sense. It did spark a thought that I want you to touch on, and that is that not everything works on everybody. And so it, it is pretty common in the supplement industry and in homeopathic, uh, homeopathics as well, I'm sure, that a person tries something, if it doesn't work for them, they think it doesn't work for anybody at all. 
we don't tend to do that with drugs as much, which is very interesting. But for me, for example, I've had many injuries in my life, um, and I, I learned that morphine doesn't work on me. And it was a, a really uh, traumatic experience I went through while they gave me more and more morphine while I was in the worst agony of my life. I won't go into the details, but they finally found that Percocet uh, worked on me. I've tried Lortab. Lortab, as a, a pain reliever, makes me itchy, but I still have the pain. And so <clears throat> that's just an example of, of pain medication. If I'm in extreme pain, uh, a Percocet will give me relief. Morphine won't. I don't go about saying, hey, everyone, morphine is a scam. It doesn't work. Uh, like I understand that just because it doesn't work on me doesn't mean it doesn't work on everybody else. And I believe this is true through all of supplementation and drugs and homeopathy and probably several other things. It's the same with food. Uh, bread might be perfectly fine for one person and another person, it will make their stomach hurt for two hours. The person whose stomach hurts would not be wise to say, bread is bad for you. Let's go out and get rid of bread from the planet. Um, right. But you understand where I'm going with this. So, so the anecdotal evidence of, well, this worked for me, so it's good. It, it could be a placebo for one person or this one didn't work. So it's bad. Like it typically takes quite a few people in a testing situ situation to determine whether something's effective just because it can't be effective on every single person. So how does that apply to homeopathy? Um, how do you determine within, you know, for, for a certain remedy, for example, could you give us an example of, of, of that, or maybe something that you found consistently worked on most people and, and how you did that, or, or does the homeopathic company do tests on people? How do you, how do you figure that out with, without doing large scale tests or are there large scale tests? Well, that's, that's the thing that I like about these uh, bigger companies that I work with is that they're able to do large scale tests. So they'll actually do studies and to, to show that a particular homeopathic works or doesn't work. And so that, that way, I've used studies before to kind of gear what am I going to use for my patients. Another thing that's really important is that, uh, which is really nice about homeopathics, that there's a lot of companies out there that actually have technology and devices where you can test the patient right there and then in the office, and it can make a suggestion on these are the top five homeopathics that would seem to be the best for the patient. Now, that would be a whole other podcast on going on how that technology works and so forth. But I, I have uh, several different types of technology in my office that allows me to be able to test the patient right then and there in my office and then suggest to them, these are the homeopathics that I that should take. And it's funny because a lot of times I'll be surprised to find that the homeopathics that I thought I would have used for that patient end up not being the ones that they need because the technology is able to uh, look at things a little bit more finite or a little bit more finer, able to uh, look at things very specific for that patient. And, uh, and so then, then I'm able to get a good idea of what homeopathics they, that work for them. And for most, for the most part, because obviously this technology is not perfect, for the most part, we find the exact thing that that patient needs to take care of their issue. 
Okay, excellent. So, so uh, having equipment that can test a person is one way that, that you can determine what to give them. Correct. And, and from doing any, that, you'll go ahead. I was going to say, and any really good homeopathic doctor will have access to that uh, technology. And then also the homeopathic doctor, if they understand the body correctly and if they understand the homeopathics properly, then they can use that information from the technology plus what they know from the patient to make a really good um, decision for that patient. Okay, excellent. Well, let, let's touch on one other aspect of this for a minute. Uh, it seems to me, and this might be a little bit insulting to some, but it seems to me there's kind of a almost a cult-like or religious kind of a following to homeopathics that might blur some people's uh, vision to it. Like, Personally, I feel like I'm I'm agnostic to it. Like uh, to me, we have some homeopathic remedies in our family we found to be really effective. Um, one that comes to mind is one that's readily available all over the country in drug stores and WalMarts and health food stores. And I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but it's something like oxycoxalum or something like that. And it's a little white pill that dissolves on your tongue. It's a homeopathic remedy that you take at the onset of a cold or flu. And we've just found that it just works. If uh, if you feel like a cold or flu is coming on and you, you dissolve, I can't remember, it's like three pills a day or something, they claim that it will reduce the length of your cold or flu by about 50%. And we have found that to be true. And so it's cool. We, we keep it in the house all the time uh, and, uh, and, and it works. Um, other ones I've I've tried and and again back to hey just because it doesn't work on me doesn't work I me mean, it doesn't work on anybody but but this this belief this following this um, could you speak to that for a minute do you, do you sense there are people that are maybe overzealous about homeopathy and is it kind of part of the whole anti AMA uh, crowd <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen that over and over, almost with like anything, especially um, energetic medicine has a very different crowd inside there. And uh, like you said, it is sometimes it becomes a very religious type following where there's some dogmas and and this is how it is. And and uh, one thing that I've noticed, and this this goes along with this homeopathic crowd that you're talking about, is that it's it's like when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And so they think that a homeopathic can cure everything. And the instant I see somebody that says this can cure everything, that, that makes me a little weary because, like you said, everyone responds to medicine in a different way, whether that be a particular medication, a pharmaceutical, a supplement, a homeopathic, whatever it is, everyone responds differently. So there's no silver bullet out there. And so that's, that's what I found with these different crowds, these different people that follow this. You ask them for a suggestion, the only thing they can come up with is a homeopathic. And I think that that becomes dangerous because you're not, you're not open to other types of medicine that that patient might need. Because there are times I've had patients in my office, you know, I, I'm, I'm against surgery when it's not needed, but I've had plenty of patients where a homeopathic wasn't going to help them in that situation, and they needed a particular surgery or they needed a particular medication. And so when you get stuck in these crowds, that, that's all they look at and that's all they use. That's, that's really dangerous. 
Yeah. Okay. So basically, the message is, you know, uh, be open to all opportunities. I mean, one of the things I'm learning, I, I uh, frankly, I tend to be in that kind of anti-AMA thing, and 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 tend to look at some doctors as pill pushers, and and I. I'm I'm trying to come around from that and appreciate them more. I hope I haven't said things on this podcast that are insulting to people in the medical <laughs> profession. Um, we had Dr. Lewis on a few weeks ago, who kind of he kind of said some really great things on that podcast about there's wonderful people in all of these different arenas, and uh, sometimes the systems are are broken and. Um, uh, not everything works for everybody. So, so you know, I don't want to go too much into that other than um, you, it, it seems like what you're saying and, and what my, you know, my question kind of brings out is that that you, you need to probably kind of remain open to whatever will help you and not develop attitudes strongly against certain forms or attitudes strongly, too strongly for certain things because then you close yourself off from the right solution potentially right is that right what, yeah. what we're saying here i totally agree with that yeah i would totally agree with what you're saying there okay sounds good so that that being said um in what areas do you think the home that homeopathy really gets it right like is there a few different conditions or areas where people benefit the most from homeopathy that they, you know, not using homeopathy for at, at the moment? Where do you see it? Where do you think is the biggest bang for the buck for potentially a lot of people listening to the show? Yeah. So you, you mentioned that one homeopathic that your family uses for like the cold and the flu. I, oh, homeopathy is awesome when it comes to stabbing off or, or lessening the duration of a cold or a flu. I've even seen some people where we, we have a particular cold and flu protocol that we use with homeopathy here, and I've seen some people just snap at it within a couple, a couple of hours. They're out and about. They're away from throwing up on the toilet or whatever it is that they're doing with. It really just kind of gets their body geared up and, and going. So cold and flu is an awesome place that if you're not using homeopathy with that, you really need to look into that, especially with a lot of these over-the-counter like cough medicines and uh, different things like that that are supposed to help with the cold and flu. They, there's a lot of different uh, side effects that you can get from using those too often, whereas you won't get any side effects with using the homeopathy for the cold and flu. Another thing that I've seen that's been really awesome for cold or, or not uh, cold and flu, sorry. Uh, another thing that works really well with homeopathy is gut issues. I've seen some people that have uh, chronic issues with, with uh, you know, like you mentioned, not being able to eat certain foods, uh, or they've had some digestive issues, some digestive imbalances. I've seen homeopathy work really well with being able to get uh, the the stomach to calm down, to get it to work properly, to be able to correct, make the correct type of acids and the correct type of, of enzymes. It's just it's uh, that is a really great place where homeopathy works. Another great place that I've seen some parents just struggle like crazy is when their baby is colicky. That is a really horrible thing to go through if you've ever been through a colicky baby. Uh, homeopathy works awesome. Uh, I've, I've seen there's a particular one that they call gripe water, 
And that's a homeopathic that's made specifically to help out babies who are dealing with uh, colic. And I've seen that one work over and over and over again. That one's a really good one. Uh, another thing that has been really neat, uh, specifically in my case with homeopathy, is um, allergies, like hay fever. Uh, I used to have hay fever really, really bad, and uh, chiropractic has helped me with that. So getting adjusted regularly uh, it really helps me with stabbing off my uh, pollen allergies. But homeopathy, I have a, a certain homeopathic that I use uh, for, they're called cell salts. And uh, you can get them on Amazon anywhere. You just type in cell salts, and they're, they already have mixtures right there ready for you. And I have found that those are really good also in relation to getting rid of, of hay fever. So those are, those are probably the top things that I would say. If you're not using homeopathy to be able to help out with those type of issues, that is a really good place to go to right now. Excellent. Excellent. Those are excellent recommendations. And now let's let's turn the tables. Are there areas where you see homeopathy recommended where it's just not uh, wise and probably not going to be effective? You know, the probably the biggest one that I have noticed in my office is our skin issues. Skin issues like uh, psoriasis, eczema. I have seen it work occasionally for eczema issues or for psoriasis issues. I know other doctors have had a different experience, but for me, I have used homeopathy in so many different ways to help people with, with skin issues, and it doesn't seem to ever really get to, down to the core issue. Um, so that's been one big one that I've noticed. Another one that I kind of I'm I'm kind of on the fence right now, especially with my own patients, are um, mental like mental health issues. I have a lot of uh, practitioners that just swear by it. But in my own practice, in my own place, I've seen it kind of 50-50. I've seen some people do really good when it comes to like depression and anxiety issues. And I've had some people that didn't get any results. So I, I'm, again, I'm in that place where I'm not quite sure where I feel about uh, using homeopathy for, for mental disorders or for depression, anxiety, that type of thing. Um, another thing that I've, I've kind of been... Uh, iffy about in relation to homeopathy is uh, these homeopathic vitamins. I don't know if you've seen that at all, but uh, there's a lot of people that are bringing out vitamins, but they're a homeopathic preparation of the vitamin, uh, like homeopathic vitamin C. I've seen that a lot lately. I'm I'm still on the fence with that. I'm I'm not quite con uh, convinced that these homeopathic vitamins are actually giving my patients the the right nutrition that they need. I've done tests before where after they've been taking these homeopathic vitamins, uh, it just, they, they didn't seem like they, they, uh, they still had some deficiencies that they were dealing with after taking those, those homeopathics. So those, those are probably the big ones, I would say, right now. Okay. Well, let's move on to legislation. The government, the U.S. government, has taken an interest in, in homeopathy, and there is in, uh, legislation pending right now to legislate the homeopathic industry. And there are people, of course, who are very excited this is happening and they're somewhat against homeopathy generally. And then, of course, as we mentioned, there's almost a religious uh, following of homeopathy that's quite upset about this. Can you tell us about the current legislation and, and your thoughts on it? 
Yes, it, uh, there's actually, homeopathy is actually underneath a really good legislation right now. There was a 1987 FDA compliance policy guideline that was set up for uh, homeopathic medicine, and that's been really good. It's been really good for the industry. It's really helped make sure that things are staying safe and that people are actually, you know, putting together their homeopathics like they, they uh, should be. But within the last, I don't know, probably the last maybe 10 years, there has been an increase in homeopathic companies coming out that really aren't uh, using, they're, they're not following the rules of uh, using their home or creating their homeopathics like they should be and putting, they're putting stuff in there that's not really inside uh, the regulated uh, um, process. In fact, I, I am drawing a blank on the word, but there's an actual pharmacopedia. Oh, here it is. It's the FDA recognized. It's called the Homeopathic Pharmacopedia of the United States. So they actually have this huge book that has all of the different homeopathics, what they do, um, how you can use them, and that is an FDA-regulated process. I mean, they actually, you can you can pick and choose from that that book, and the FDA says, go for it. Use it like you want. Well, there's a lot of people that are starting to step outside of that. And so this current legislation that has come up within, I think it was in the end of November of 2017, uh, the FDA came out saying that they're going to start regulating homeopathic medicine more tightly. And there, like you said, there were some people there that are in that more religious type, type following that have just gone crazy about this. They, they think that this is the government's way of trying to get into um, every single industry, industry when it comes to alternative medicine. It's, you know, it's that conspiracy theory that, oh, yeah, the government's figured out this way of being able to, like, tightly regulate all this alternative medicine. But... Um, the, the companies that I work with, Desbio and Physica Energetics, they actually got their top lawyers, went and read through the document, and came back and said that this regulation isn't meant to actually do any of that. And there's no wording or any intention that it looks like the, the government's trying to regulate us even tighter. What they're trying to do is that they're trying to regulate those people that aren't already following the regulation that's already out there. And so this regulation that just came out really won't affect homeopathic medicine as big as everyone thinks it will. It actually is meant to just make sure that things continue to stay safe and continue to stay effective as they have been since 1987 when they had that other regulation um, set. Okay, so is this regulation already in place or is it pending or where is it at? It's pending right now. They're... they're uh, that the government has left things open so that people can come in and they can bring in their petitions, they can bring in their, their comments and so forth. I think that might actually close at the end of the month and then things will start going through to bring this regulation through. So that it's kind of, it's kind of in the pending stage right now. Okay. Well, that is fascinating stuff. And uh, you've given us a lot of great tidbits on it, uh, how to use it, uh, some areas where it's probably not going to be that effective. One of the things I will say about it is compared to many forms of medicine or, or healing, homeopathics are quite inexpensive. I mean, we're talking, you know, 20 to maybe $50, maybe, I don't know, but well under $100 to do a homeopathic remedy 
for a variety of things. So I guess one thing I would say to people listening is that if you're one of those people that's just completely against it, that you might open yourself up to try it just because, you know, what have you got to lose? Uh, again, not everything works on everybody, but um, although I personally tend to be somewhat skeptical of homeopathy after trying it, uh, there are a couple of homeopathic remedies we have on our house that I'm quite confident in. And, and so on the one hand, it's so inexpensive, I, I say, you know, why not? And, and certainly it makes sense to me to try it before trying a drug that has a lot of side effects. And uh, so I, I guess this, this word agnostic keeps coming up. I think being somewhat <laughs> agnostic um, towards a lot of things to do with health and wellness is, is not a bad place to be. Not a firm believer, but not completely closed. Um, because you just don't know. And giving things a chance uh, makes a lot of sense, especially if they're a whole lot less expensive than, than the alternatives. So that's kind of my two cents worth really on, on all of this uh, for me personally and my recommendation, I guess, to others. Uh, but Dr. Joe, um, why don't you give us your kind of closing thoughts on homeopathy? How can people listening take advantage of it? What should they uh, uh, you know, uh, worry about you, what, what just, just kind of wrap up this episode on your, your thoughts on how it would apply to people listening to the show. So one of the, if you're, if you're anywhere considering homeopathy, but you've never really done it before in, in your life, the first step would actually find a really good homeopathic doctor that knows what they're talking about. Uh, it, and if you, and there's a lot of them out there that, that don't know what they're talking about. I've run into a, a whole lot of them, but there's a good few of them out there that actually they have the technology to do all the testing. They've gone through all the schooling. They've they've watched the homeopathics work in their practice. They've used them on themselves too. That's another great question: is to always ask, do you use these yourself? And if the doctor doesn't use those homeopathics themselves, then you've got to run really quick. And so find a find a good doctor. They've had a good track record. They they use really good uh, sources. So they use good companies, and then and then go for it. It it usually doesn't cost too much for a workup. And uh, like Dave said, once you once you have your workup done, you understand what you need and what you need to use for your different issues with your health. It doesn't cost a whole lot. It it definitely costs a lot less than a lot of different herbs and supplements out there, which I I am totally for. But homeopathics, I have seen work so frequently and so regularly for my patients, and it's, and it's cost-effective for my patients. I, I tend to use homeopathics more often in my practice than I use anything else. And, um, and so that's, that's what I would do. You know, be open to it. Go find a really good doctor. And then, and then give it some time. Give it some time to, to work in your body and, and be open to experimenting a little bit if you need to. Well said, well said. So homeopathic or homeopathetic, I realize that's really insulting to those of you who love it. I'm sorry about that, but it makes such a great title, right? I just couldn't resist. It does. Uh, and so hopefully... I, I, think it, I think it was a great one. <laughs> well, hopefully it got people's attention anyway. And hopefully you guys picked up some good stuff from this show. And one last thought before we close... 
I have been working on our website, dirobi.com. I've been working on the resources page to make it a little bit more robust. We have, uh, we're giving away my book, Formula 7, the Top 7 Principles for Phenomenal Health. If you go to dirobi.com and click on the resources page, there's a link to that. And I think we made it easier. As a matter of fact, if you just go find the Formula 7 book, I think it's just listed as free. I think we used to give a coupon code, but now you basically, you you go through the process of buying it, but you won't have to pay anything. It's zero. Um, and so you can just go right to the book, just buy it, but for zero money. And now you have that book. And then we also have the... Um, the uh, form you can download and print off for coming up with your own personal supplement strategy. And you could listen to our episode uh, on that, on, on um, uh, formulating a personal supplement strategy. And we also have the Pounds and Inches Rapid Weight Loss Diet Guide there on that page as well. Especially with summer coming right now, uh, some of you, if you want to lose a few pounds and lose them quickly, you may be interested in that. Okay. And with that, uh, Dr. Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you. I really enjoyed my time with you, Dave. Okay, thanks again. Thanks, everybody. This is Dave Sherwin wishing you health and success. Thanks for listening to the Dairobi Health Show. Make sure and check dairobi.com for a free copy of Dave's excellent health book, Formula 7, and enter to win in our free Bottle Friday contest. If you're enjoying the show, leave your review on iTunes. See you next time.